welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and um, welcome back, you the listener. Thanks for coming back. Maybe this is your first time to ever hear my podcast, and if so, welcome to a podcast, an interview-style podcast, where I introduce you to some of my amazing and wonderfully anointed and gifted people, and uh, today, of course, is no different, and today I bring on a friend that I have known Oh gosh, for about a year, I guess now, kind of off and on. Um, I'm kind of a fangirl. She probably doesn't really know that yet, but um, she has lived a life as a single woman for a lot of years, traveling in and out of Asia and Cuba and all around the world, sharing the gospel, teaching children, teaching people how to teach children and sharing the love and the glory of God. And so welcome to my podcast, Glenda. Thank you. It's so good to be here this morning. Right. Glenda, who I met as Glenda McComack, but has recently had a major life change. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I got married about three months ago. Woohoo! <laughs> and I got to participate in your ministry. My wonderful husband now, Peter. And I uh, had premarital counseling, but uh, before that, I was traveling alone. I, many people said, well, how can you travel alone and that sort of thing. But God had me travel alone to different places, and then I would meet um, the, the places. They would meet me at the airport, and I had support in that way. But I... Um, really wanted to have someone to minister with and um i'll tell you a little story okay (laughs) i love that that um it's kind of exciting i was in cuba uh over a year ago and uh we had this the sister and i had done a conference there on teaching teachers and it was wonderful then we went to a church we were sitting in a chair and um uh, this man came and he knelt down at my feet, at my knees, and he took my hand and he said, God has heard your heart's cry. Oh! And he is giving you a husband. That's awesome. And he said, You will know it's him because you'll be in a crowded room and he'll nod his head. <laughs> and then he will put a ring on your finger kneel down and put a ring on your finger just like I'm kneeling now and within a year it happened that's awesome yeah, listen I, I always say you know the you know whether or not a prophet is is actually accurate by whether or not what they say comes to pass you know the proof is always in the pudding right there you go and yeah. Uh, yeah. so how many years did you travel as a single woman uh, around the world oh goodness over 20 about 25 yeah and um and one of the, how did you start in that? I know you went with Christ for the Nations for a while. Yes. So tell me a little bit about just your ministry experience. Well, when I was in, when I was in college, uh, well, earlier than that, when I was 12 years old, I was sitting on the back <laughs> seat of the, of the church and the pews, and I heard God speak to me that I was going to be a missionary to many nations. And uh, at that time, missions just filled my heart. My mother has never been to a, another country in her life, and she really helped me see what missions was. 
on the other side of giving. Right. She was really a giver and would give up, say, oh, we're not going to buy curtains. We're going to give this money to missions and that sort of thing. So it really gave me a heart for missions. And then when I was in college, I went um, to Nicaragua on a, on a short-term missions and then into Mexico. And um, once I graduated, then I went to Christ for the Nations and missions is their whole thrust there, right. their main thrust. And by that time, I had already started working in children's ministry. I was a teacher. I had a degree. And um, so I was just kind of thrust into that area, which I loved. You know, I just really thrived in that. And so uh, then I took a team. I started working at Christ for the Nations, and I took a team uh, to Guatemala and we were there for about six weeks and and everything doubles when you take 27 people with right. you <laughs> you get a lot done and we uh -huh. did and and then the next year I took another group to Thailand and so from there things just started opening up and I started traveling a lot to Asia during that time and uh, Australia different places but doing mainly working with children and then teaching teachers to to teach children and parents as well because i believe if you if you can teach one teacher they can reach a hundred children right so right. it's really multiplying the kingdom right in that way that's so. really awesome and so maybe could you just share uh one of your favorite stories of how god moved in a mission trip or several of the stories of how you've really seen god um, impact people through your ministry or he's let something he's let you be a part of well one of one of the fun stories that I have to tell us when we were in Guatemala and at that time we were teaching teachers and and parents as well but we also these countries are devastated as far as different wars and and things and during that time, there had been a war in an area in Guatemala, and so we were taking medical supplies way up out in the mountainous area, no electricity, <laughs> no running water, anything. So I was with the group that was going to go do that for 10 days. Well, we got on an airplane. Um, there was only four of us in the plane, and we're going from village to village, and missions, aviation, they were picking up the rest of the team. And so we got to this one place and got out. I didn't know that when we got off the plane, one of the people from the village there, they put a gun to the pilot's head and said, if you go pick up the rest of them, we're going to kill you and we're going to kill all of them. Oh, wow. So we didn't know that. Uh -huh. So the, the, the man, the pilot did not go get the rest of the team. Right. We had no cell phones, no, no way of connecting with them at all. And so we were sitting by this big river, not knowing where our team was. And so we played, you know, with the kids and where are they? We don't know. Well, we found out the next day they had to walk in the jungle all day long to get to the nearest next village. And so we waited and waited and we 
<laughs> they gave us a place to sleep and they said, oh, you can sleep in here. This is where our teacher slept. It was just a board, you know, mm -hmm. lifted up off the floor. And at night they had a candle and all the people in the village were looking in <laughs> <laughs> the little things. And, and, um, but anyway, we were praising God and they go, oh, this is, this is where the teacher was. He died a few days ago. But oh, wow. You can... You can <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, you know, but at that point, you're grateful for anything. Uh -huh. So, um, anyway, we got up the next day, no no team, we didn't know where they were, we didn't know what to do, so we went down by the river, and I saw a group of little boys playing out on a sandbar, and they were jumping in the river and everything, and I thought, well, I'm going to swim out there to them, you know, I could swim, so... I started out in this huge river <laughs> swimming, and as I was swimming, I got caught in some kind of whirlpool. Oh, wow. And I was, as I was going, it started pulling me down. I was getting water into me, and I don't know if I said it out loud or I just thought it because it, was, it kept pulling me down, and I, I thought or said, Jesus, and when I did that, Whew, I could feel myself go down the river. But by that time, I mean, it's like rapids. Right. <laughs> and I couldn't get over to the side. I couldn't swim over to the side. So here I was going down this big river. There were dead pigs and dead horses in the river as oh, well. Oh, gosh. And I was pulling on rocks, whatever I could find. And there's the little ladies on the side washing their clothes looking at this gringo going down the river. <laughs> and uh, I know they must have thought, what on earth is happening here? But finally, I got over on the side of the, the river, and oh, I was so thankful to be set free. Jesus truly, truly saved my life. That's awesome. And um, so anyway, later that day, to finish out this story, um, the team came down on a boat I was so happy to see him. And then they told us what had happened, that, that uh, they weren't able to go to this village. They didn't know if we were dead or what, you know, because oh, wow. of what they had said. But anyway, praise the Lord, we were all fine. And eventually, they let us come back to that village and actually set up a clinic and help the people. So, Do you have a place in the world... Uh, is well, maybe I already know the answer to this. I don't really know if it's true or not, but I kind of feel like that one of your favorite places in the world is Cuba. <laughs> it is. I I had gone to thirty different countries, and um, but when I got to Cuba, you know what it's like when you're away for a while and then you come home. That's how I felt when I went to Cuba. One of the main reasons is because. Um, I had gone through two different kinds of cancer, breast cancer and, and uh, I had colon cancer. And uh, I had had knee replacements and somehow when I got the colon cancer, uh, I, I got staph infection in my knees and they had to take the metal out of my knees. So my legs were straight out. Um, they put cement in my knees, soaked in vancomycin, a powerful antibiotic to kill the staph. 
and my legs were straight out for 12 weeks. Wow. And so during that time, I got very, very weak. The doctors, I was in and out of the hospital. That was in 2007. I was in the hospital more than I was out. And the doctors finally came in and said, this isn't working. We're going to, at the end of this week, we're going to amputate your legs. Oh, wow. And I said, God, this can't be. You told me I was going to be a missionary to the nations. I don't feel like you're through with me. And so, How old were you at that time? I was probably around 52, okay. I guess. So that kind of tells how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter the age. Um, God can call you to do things at a young age, which I did, or older. You know, God has something for every age group. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so anyway... I, I cried out to God. I had people praying. I mean, when people came to see me, they had to dress and all the mask and everything. It was very contagious. And it was just, I was a mess. I was very, very ill. And um, I was watching TV and I saw Bill Gaither singing, He Touched Me. Oh, I, I love that song. I just... I started crying. I started weeping. I said, God, I, I know you're a touching God. I know you are. I've experienced your power. But I'm desperate here for, for you to touch me. And I was in my bed, and I turned and looked at the door, and Jesus appeared at the door. and didn't say a word, but he walked around my bed. I don't know why he walked around to the other side, but he touched my knees. And uh, I looked, I was looking in his face and uh, I just looked away for just a second and then he was gone. And I've had people tell me, oh, you know, that couldn't be. But I do know by the end of the week, they did not have to amputate my legs. That's awesome. And the doctor said, oh, the medicine is working now. I said, no, I know it wasn't the medicine. I know that God touched me. Mm -hmm. I told the doctors that. And I know the power of God was so strong because uh, there were nurses and people that worked there at the hospital that would come and stand at my bed and weep. Right. And they just felt God's presence there. I know his presence was so strong there. And anyway, uh, the long and short of it that I started walking. I had to learn how to walk again. Um, they put the metal back in one knee and... And uh, then the other, and I was so weak, and it took time. You know, I was in a wheelchair for a while and on a walker for a while. But when I went to Cuba for the first time, I still had a uh, cane. Mm -hmm. I, had to, I, couldn't, I was in terrible pain in my feet. So the very last day, we were in Havana, and a group of ladies said, oh, we're going to take a tour around Havana, but Glenda, you can't go because... Um, you know, it'd be too painful. I said, no, I'm going. In fact, I'm not taking my cane. So when we started out on this trip, you know, I, I, I just was in horrible pain. By the end, I was walking faster than them, and I had no pain. That's awesome. And to this day, I don't have pain in my feet. That's a blessing, man. So, so tell, can you share an experience besides that one from being in Cuba? I, I know getting in and out of the country sometimes is just a difficult experience, right? <laughs> yes, it can be. Um, I take lots of materials in. I have 
sometimes four suitcases for one person and they question that. I, I take in, they're in Cuba, they don't have any kind of materials, even pencils, crayons, um, any kind of, sometimes paper for the churches. And I don't minister to just one denomination, but all denominations. There have been up to 20 different denominations that I minister to, and I take materials. Um, the Lord helped me to write a book, and it was translated into Spanish, and I give them about teaching children how to teach children to equip them. And so getting in can be a challenge. Right. <laughs> and uh, this last time I went in, it was, it was a bit of a challenge, but, you know, I'm just... I'm believing that um, God is doing what he purposes in that country. Oh, the believers there are so thankful, so just sold out to God. Mm -hmm. I think that's what moves me the most, that they just follow God with all their heart. They have to. Right. And um, there's a little lady there, and she loves me so much. And one time she was praying. She said, Glenda, uh, Lord, Please let me see Glenda. Please, I don't know where she is. And she didn't know it was in the country. And about an hour later, uh, I came to visit her. <laughs> and she had her little notebook. She was writing this prayer to God. And she was just thrilled. There I was. God answered her prayer. And, and what a beautiful thing just to know that, you know, God cares about simple things like, hey, I really want to see this person. Yeah. And I mean, what's the likelihood that you would be in Cuba at the very time that her heart would cry out for you? What a wonderful thing. Yeah. I think that that's um, a, a really amazing, amazing gift. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of more questions that I want to ask you and I want to talk to you about. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, we're going to put a little bow at the end of this podcast and I'm going to invite you to do one more with me because I like to keep my podcast to about 20 minutes because that's, oh, okay. that keeps people right where they want to be. So, um, you know what, hang on to that. If you've enjoyed just a few of these stories from Glenda's um, travels around the world, you're going to enjoy the next episode because on our next episode, Glenda is starting at kind of pushing into kind of a new area where she talks about how we can help children at, that have suffered trauma and just the cultural things that impact children these days. And so we want to talk a little bit about that. Thanks, Glenda, for hanging out with me. What an incredible episode. But you know what? I know that the next one that she does with me is going to be equally as powerful, if not even more. Glenda is on a mission and uh, really breaking ground when it comes to childhood trauma. And I really know that you're going to want to hear that. So anyway, it is, it is a great anticipation that I want to leave you with for the next episode. This is that time when I ask you for my three favors. First of all, would you just hit that subscribe button up there in the corner so that all of the episodes are in your feed because you don't want to miss Glinda's next episode. Also, would you go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating because that helps our podcast bubble up to the top so people can find it easier. And finally, would you share our podcast with your friends? Would you invite them to come along on the journey as we meet the incredible people that God has brought into my life? Thanks for hanging out with me today. Come back next time. But until then, remember, he doesn't waste a thing.